Whisper Podcast. Oh, sorry. Whisper Podcast may contain content that may be sensitive for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. That's better. Hello, and welcome to Whisper Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Zach Tyler. My pronouns are they, them. And I'm your host, Dylan Gomez. My pronouns are also they, them. And this is a podcast where... The fine arts, true crime, and mental health are a thruple. We bring you episode seven. And today, guess who we're going to be talking to, Dylan? Um, I don't know. I don't oh, know. Maybe you don't know? You, you, I can, you can share that information with us. Maybe I can give you a little bit of a hint and you can look in the mirror because it's going to be you. Hello? Oh, today's my interview episode. So you guys are... Yes. I'm going to be answering a couple of questions about myself so you guys can get to know me. Yes, let's get to know Dylan because as one of your hosts here on Whisper Podcast, um, you should know who your host is and learn a little bit about them and the things that makes them wonderful. But not only that, it's like the things that they've experienced to become as wonderful of a person as they are today. Um... But shucks, (laughs) shucks. (laughs) But before we jump on in, we're going to do our little bit of a normal here. And we're going to start off with our first question, which is, how are you doing today, Dylan? I'm doing wonderful. I'm really excited, a little nervous because some of these questions, like I know you're going to you're going to dig kind of deep. So, um, yeah, but also excited. No scratching the surface here and nervous, excited for sure. Nervous, excited. I love that feeling. Um, Mm -hmm. You have butterflies in your tummy. <laughs> yes. Yes. You're, you're going to give me butterflies. Oh, I'm today. giving you butterflies <laughs> today. Um, so we're going to have a little table for two moment and we're going to talk with Dylan. So I'm really glad to hear that you're doing well today. I'm glad to hear that you're excited and nervous because if you weren't, that would not be normal. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> let's jump on in. So Dylan, I kind of want to ask you um, really just... You know, start off easy. What is your morning routine? Like when you wake up in the My morning, what is it that you do first? So every time, like every morning, I wake up pretty early. I wake up at around four a.m. Oh god, earlier than that. Oh god. Yeah. So I I get woken up by my alarm. And I sit by the side of my bed contemplating life. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> as I one should, on as one my, does. <laughs> I, I sit like on the edge of my bed and I think about three things that I'm grateful for, um, which I feel like helps me just get in a positive mindset. And I, yeah, and, and that's what I do. I just think of three things and then I, like once I've named all three, I like rise from the bed quickly I try not to ever hit snooze because for me that is game over. If I hit snooze once, I'm not getting up. Like it's- yes, okay. Um, so I know that this is kind of a silly question, but uh, I know that you mentioned washing your face. What what do you, what face wash do you use? Right now, um, I'm in the middle of transitioning. Um, I'm trying to use more like oil based cleansers i think that's oh yes lately been been way better for my skin especially with like the mask like kind of 
drying out my skin. I, I don't know how everyone else is. I know a lot of people are getting maskne and things like that. And that's how I'm dealing with maskne. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. So many new words are coming <laughs> out in 2020. Maskne? Like Yes. You can sign me right up for a maskne. And I definitely please. have been <laughs> struggling with that. So I noticed my skin is doing a lot better now that I'm hydrating a lot more. And also um where like doing oils instead of like my salicylic cleanser that I've been using for years like I had to switch it up and now I'm using like different kinds of oils to cleanse and that's excellent feels very very nice feels like a hug in the morning oh yes oh my god a little hug for your face I love that Mm -hmm. um so what's like your typical like go-to breakfast like what are you like okay I can't I need to have this before I get on with my day I need this in my belly. Some, some, some black coffee. <laughs> first things first, I lay, I spring out of bed and I have to have my espresso, just some plain old two shots of espresso <sighs> every single morning. Um, yes. So that kind of gets me going. Um, also just love the taste of it. Oh, yes. I just love. Yes. It's so nice. Yes. So warm. It's like, it's, so yes, it's another hug. I give myself a lot of hugs. <laughs> a lot of hugs. You deserve all the hugs. Yes. And I I lately I I'm vegetarian, so I don't really eat like yes. any meat or anything like that. And I also don't really have dairy products. Um but I'm not vegan because um I do eat eggs. So yeah, I, I eat eggs almost every morning. Um some some form of them, you know. To some form of egg. I have them scrambled over, easy, boiled, poached. You know. You know. You're a very <laughs> versatile NB baby. I love it. <laughs> um, yeah, so, so and you always have to have your, your fruits and your veggies. I usually have, like, a banana and some blueberries. Yes. That's my breakfast. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God, I love that. Um, bananas and blueberries are honestly, like, the go-to, like, breakfast fruit. They just, like, ah. I love all the bright colors. Mm-hmm. So, as everybody knows, you do our art segments here on Whisper Podcast, and you tell us about artists, and you talk about art um, consistently. So, I kind of want to talk about what is it that made you want to do art for Whisper Podcast, and what helped to bring that to the table for you? So, so art kind goes hand in hand with a lot of my emotional development. Pretty much, like it, art grew with me like my love for art grew with me so I it was it was my first kind of means of expression it helped me understand a lot of like the person that I am and a lot of the the things that I want to put out in the in the world what I want my message to be um I found that all through you know learning about art other artists and kind of learning from other people's experiences what they put out so art to me is is like is home so that's that's so i want to share that especially since so many of our um listeners are lgbtqia plus right just just like we are um to me art was is my home so i like to share the home with with others. I just want to bring everyone with yes. me. Yes. You hear that, guys? So. Dylan has an open door policy. You're fully welcomed into their home when it comes to art. Absolutely. Absolutely. And 
I think it can help so many people um, dealing with all kinds of things, not just, you know, being in the community, but other other things as well. Um, it's just being almost honest with yourself and with your emotions. And I think that's what art is. So that's why I felt like when, Zach, you were talking to me about how passionate you were about creating like a safe space. Um, I had never really thought about doing a podcast before, um, but just hearing your passion and your love and how that aligned with something I wanted to do, which is kind of spread that as well, have a safe space for others, um, kind of be be a friend for people. You inspired me in a way to bring art into the podcast. Oh, thank you so much. That's so sweet. And, you know, I think that it's really sweet that, like, you do want to go and you do want to share your passion and your love with this on a podcast, you know, because it's like, at least for me, I'm not super experienced with art podcast. So I think that ever since you and I became friends, you've always talked about your passion for art with me. And I know that we've gone to like a couple of museums and just like explored like LA together. And I just remember like how passionate you were and like seeing your passion has always been like super inspirational for me. So it's like when coming to the podcast and, you know, like, kind of developing like this niche that hasn't usually been done before you know wanting to do art and true crime i just thought it was so amazing that you were bringing art to the table because it really opens up it opens up so much more opportunities rather than you know just being one thing so i'm really glad that you're sharing your home with people and i'm really glad that you're sharing your passion with people and i'm sure that everybody looks forward to everything that you have to say in regards to art so yeah so as i heard a little bit there in your explanation that you yourself are an artist so what is your muse as far as being an artist my muse so i derive like inspiration from the most random stuff it's just like whatever kind of invokes some kind of emotion or something that really just inspires me I I know I never really find that that it's ever just one thing it could be it could be a song that I heard it could be a person just like their energy their you know their appearance or just all kinds of things really I don't think I really limit what a muse can be I try to keep my mind as open as possible and try to kind of derive inspiration from from the world around me. So, yeah. But I have noticed like people usually are my uh, greatest muses because we are, we're also complex and we're so we're so different. Um, we feel things differently, and we've all lived different life experiences right nobody's lived the same life even like a twin is different from their other twin it's just yeah it's just how life kind of forms us differently so i think people inspire me the most but i try to keep my mind as open as possible when it comes to what i call my muse yes i love that especially you know like you said people are so diverse in their character that it really does allow so many op opportunities to be a muse and I think that just having people like even though it's not your soul muse having people as one of your muses really just helps like broaden your spectrum of like what can inspire you and what kind of art you create and the type of emotion that you're going to depict in your artwork and I love that I think that that is such a great thing especially because again people are just so different and so unique in their each own individual way 
that it just opens up so many opportunities for you. And I, I know that I've seen some of your pieces and they're like amazing. Um, so that leads us into our next question, which is, which was the last piece that you created and who inspired it? So for my last piece, I was feeling a lot of like bottled up anxiety from everything that's going on with, with coronavirus, with um, po- politics, with the Black Lives Matter and everything. And the last piece that I actually worked on was more dedicated towards the frustration of um, the Black Lives Matter movement and just just like the, the anger and the passion um, for people not getting the equal rights that they deserve, you know? And for me, that I, I had to, like, I had to work on something to kind of have it not be so bottled up within myself. Uh, so, so my last piece was pretty, pretty chaotic, pretty violent, um, to kind of express frustrations that I have. Like, I wish I could even do more, you know? Um, but we stand in solidarity with our black brothers and sisters and trans people. We, we, um, we just wanted, I, I just wanted to kind of express my love. Um, and that's the best way I know how by creating a piece dedicated to it. I think that that's amazing that you were able to, I mean, you mentioned it before, but I think that was amazing. That's kind of how you took your anxiety that was pent up in you and your emotions that were pent up in you and your anger and your passion and everything and how you just put that out on a canvas. I think that is such a beautiful way. And I really appreciate that, you know, you kind of take that moment and you give it to yourself and it gives you a time to kind of like, um, meditate almost like it's almost like a form of meditation for you is what it sounds like to me and I think Mm -hmm. that that's beautiful that you're able to express in that way and create art while you're doing it and you know there's a story behind it too so um I think you've shown it to me but it's a really beautiful piece and if you wouldn't mind I would really love to share it on the blog so other people can see it too because it's beautiful yeah of course yeah okay it'll be up on the blog (laughs) so what type of medias do you play with so i've i've played with a lot of different things um since since i've been in school they've introduced me to a lot of um different mediums uh i i like the like hands i like to get my hands dirty if that makes sense i like sculpting with clay i think it's really fun um, I also like sculpting from life, just like I like drawing from life. Um, I've done like charcoal, um, pastels, oil pastels. Um, but right now, since of COVID, I pretty much have been mostly doubling in paint. But my paint, uh, I, I use a lot of different um, instruments, sometimes not like, not just paint brushes, I use a lot of tools. I sometimes use my hands, just whatever kind of gets my full motion um, of my arms. Just like, I, I just 
go for it. Like I said, I pretty much take it out on the on the canvas. But right now, I'm mostly painting for sure. Yes, painting is really really fun, and I totally get what you mean when you say like getting your hands dirty because I feel like it just adds to the experience, and you're just like, yes, messy, yes. messy, messy, and then like it just creates something great. So that's beautiful. I really love that. Um, what is by far your favorite medium? By far, my favorite medium. I think the mo- the the medium I have the most experience with is paints. I wouldn't call it my favorite. I feel like mediums I still haven't really found one that I would stick to for a super long time. I feel like I'm always going to be like depending on what I'm feeling. I just I'm just going to go for, you know, the charcoal. I'm just going to go for this. I never really stayed doing one medium for that long. Um which I mean, I I all, all respect to the people who can just stick to like let's say colored pencils and they get mad good at it and they're just like doing these crazy intricate pieces and it definitely when you stick to one medium you master the medium there's definitely a lot of benefits to sticking to a medium and really just like mastering it uh, I haven't picked one in particular I, I think um, lately I've been doing a lot more photography and just kind of capturing just like little snapshots here and there um but yeah no nothing nothing i would say would be my favorite favorite yet okay cool well you know what i like that because it keeps you open and it really just allows for you to dabble in a little bit of everything with allowing you to create so much more art beyond just like oh you know just paint just clay like just pastels Mm -hmm. like i think that that's really cute so how did you feel when digital art became a thing? So I've always thought it was cool. I think people who are like really good at doing digital works on the iPad are just like, they always look awesome. Um, I have not gotten to the point where I'm comfortable still doing d- digital art that way. Um, man, I struggle with it, to be honest. I think like that's something I definitely want. Like I'm going to make my goal to improve and making sure I know all the settings like on procreate I think I think maybe I've just procrastinated on it because it doesn't feel like paper and it doesn't feel like I can get my hands dirty with it so that's why I haven't done it but I think it's mad cool I think it's so cool So I think that Dylan is really just being modest right now, but I fully think that they're amazing when it comes to digital art, even though like they say that they haven't done a lot, but they've designed our cover art as you've guys seen. And they've also designed like our profile picture and like there's a bunch of other things that they've designed and they're actually really good at it. So I think that they're just being modest, but I think that you're pretty good at it, uh, a lot better than I would be. So moving forward into our next question, Not only do you like to play with paints and pastels and chalk and clay, but also from looking at your personal Instagram, we noticed that you like to play with makeup. So tell us a little bit about your artistry when it comes to makeup and, you know, what inspires your looks or like where do your looks come from? And also how much time does it typically take you to create one look? So, oh my gosh, I love makeup. I, I love just the feeling of like transformation uh and i think it's different um than working on a on a canvas this is like your you're transforming with your with your makeup with your makeup brushes and everything and i i think for me i i love it i love it i doesn't usually 
there's not like a set time that it takes me sometimes like if there's something like less intricate but also really cool that I want to do like it could take me like 30 minutes but it could also take me like a makeup look has taken me like three four hours too so I I, I don't the time doesn't really there's not varies. a set, it varies quite a bit but what inspires me uh, I think seeing just the community seeing like drag queens seeing like non-binary people how they choose to express um with their appearance and yeah i think i think people seeing i i personally don't think i'm like the best at doing makeup but i do see like how cool like people can manipulate that as a medium too and i get inspired and i want to do it as well and also when i have a full face on i feel like a different person sometimes i definitely feel like i'm yes. kind of stepping out like who knows maybe i'll do drag one day you know like i'm stepping oh my into, god like, i'm start- yes. stepping into like a new character for sure so so yeah i think that i think makeup is awesome and i think it's definitely an art form um and it's definitely a medium in itself for sure yes so that transformative feeling that you described, obviously you've worked as a professional makeup artist in the industry. How has it been to be able to give that to people? And, you know, how does it make you feel as an artist when you're able to give people that like, oh my God, I feel so good. I feel like a bad B right now. I feel confident. How does it feel to give that to other people? Oh, it's so rewarding. It's so rewarding. I honestly, um, working as a professional makeup artist was some of the funnest time that I've had. Like, I just, I met so many people that were just so welcoming and so fun. And we actually met that way. We met through the beauty industry. So, so I have only love for the beauty industry. I think that, you know, I, I don't see myself going back like as, a person like full-time doing makeup but I do uh, love and appreciate that time I spent and also being able to give that person the feeling of like almost like confidence and just the when when they would tell me things like I didn't know I could look like this it's like all you're doing is manipulating a medium but to these people it changes almost the way they carry themselves so I think the feeling like it just can't be matched I feel so rewarded and happy when I can put a smile on somebody's face like that. Yes. Oh my God. Cute. So obviously just like paint and other different types of medium, makeup also has its own medium, such as like powders, liquids, and creams. What is your personal favorite to create a look? Absolutely. Um, it's pigments and glitters. Oh yes. Just (laughs) shadows and color color all the way um it could be cream it could be powder it could be pigment i don't care like i just hit me with those colors hit me with the you know glitter with all the fun um so yeah yeah liquid lips i feel like those are really easy and fun to manipulate and they're long lasting and they're um they always look awesome so always yeah do you have like your one go-to product like the one that it's like I know that this works. Like, something you can just easily throw on in five minutes like and you're confident in it. There isn't a specific product, but I, I do reach a lot for, for liquid lips right now. I've been doing 
the sugar pill liquid lips. Yeah. Those have been looking really so nice. sexy. Um, also, Urban Decay has these. Um, I think they're called heavy metal glitters. <gasps> yes. Do you remember those? Yes. A dupe. How can I forget? <laughs> so those, like, you don't need to like put like um, glue on beforehand, and you can just like put them on like directly on your face, and there you go. Like you got glitter on your face, and I thought that was always so fun, so easy, and just like a quick way to add a little something to your look. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. I totally agree. And those are two really good products, especially because I've been seeing you work the sugar pill liquid lips on your story and they just look amazing on you. So I definitely need to go get some for myself. Thank you. Thank totally you. sold me on that. So you started in a place where maybe you weren't as skilled as you were today. Do you have any advice for someone who wants to become like a makeup artist or just start experiencing with art, to, no matter the medium? Like, is there anything that you advice that you would give them to give them that confidence? I think that one of the biggest like misconceptions is that you'll feel content where you are. I feel like there's always going to be somebody better than you. There's always going to be somebody more skilled that's been doing it way longer. There's always going to be somebody like, let's say, if you're trying to be like an influencer on Instagram with makeup, there's always going to be people with more followers. There's always going to be, you know, it's just it's just not comparing yourself and your um, art to anyone else's art, because if it's a true expression of what you you want to put out, um, do it do it I almost I think too a lot of the times people will feel like turned off by doing something because they're like oh I don't think this will be received well and especially like in like in art there's like a lot of times like people are like oh I don't think my art will be received well so that they'll like not they'll not do it um and that'll influence kind of not only I feel like that kind of hurts your own self-esteem but also you're kind of emotionally constipating your art so that's like (laughs) the last thing you want to do it's only going to prevent you from progressing as an artist exactly exactly also um if you want to do something and you suck at it at first keep doing it keep doing it until you feel like you're good you know and that's going to be like never you're always going to feel like you need to work on it but that's an artist's life right there. You're yes, there you go. Gonna be, you're constantly going to be wanting to grow, and I think that's the beauty of it, for sure. Absolutely. I love that advice, and I hope that that inspires you if you are wanting to become an artist, or maybe even if you are an artist, to just want to really get out there and do it and grab art by the balls. Yeah, get out of your comfort. Exactly. Get out of your comfort zone. Do a medium Mix things that you're not sure should be mixed. Like play with it. Um, just go for it. Play There's with it. No Have rules. fun. Like don't take it, don't take it too seriously because I think an empty canvas can be so intimidating sometimes, and it's like just go for just it. Just put something on it. it. You know. Yes. Like who cares? Like who cares if you offend yourself with it? You're like, oh god, that was bad. But at least <laughs> you know not to do that again. Right? Yes, exactly. You learn. You learn from each mistake that you make. You, so you live and you learn. So so I, yes. that's my my biggest thing. Just just go for it. Go for it. So along with doing everything that you just described to us, you also like to do a little bit of cosplay, as we ah, see yes. on your Instagram. So how did you get into cosplay? So I was 
first like in the beauty industry and I and I saw like how I think it was like Halloween or something and everybody was going really wild with their makeup so I wanted to do something really wild too um and I think it was last October yeah that I started kind of getting uh interested in cosplay and I started kind of looking online and seeing all of these people doing these amazing things and I've always been I've always been into anime and I've always been into cartoons and I just like love animation so um I saw these people like playing with their makeup and playing with their you know fandoms so I was like that literally marries two of the things I love so I love yes. I love me some some anime and cartoons and I love um makeup and you know making art and transforming myself and doing all that so just mesh them together and there you go cosplay it was like meant to be for me yes oh my god cute so what was one of your favorite cosplay looks that you've done so far i think my favorite has to be just like my first one i think it was just like just because it got me so interested in it because i was so proud of it when i did it and i was like wow i'm gonna <laughs> so so that's why it'll always have a special place in my heart because i'm you know it like introduced me to the world of cosplay also i haven't done you know as much of it recently uh because of covid and it does take a lot of time well it's a lot of work to do cosplay and so mad respect out there for full-time cosplayers because they're out here they're doing that they're doing that so my favorite cosplay that i ever did um i told you it was my first one uh is actually tokyo ghoul i dressed up like ken kaneki from from that anime and do you know do you know what Tokyo Ghoul is? Yes. Oh my God. I used to see it like everywhere when I used to work at Hot Topic. So I don't know if I'm I know who you're talking about, but I know of Tokyo. It's Ghoul. the main guy. Do you remember the guy oh, with the mask? Yes. And the, oh, and the silver. How could you forget? Yes. Silver the white silver hair. daddy moment. Yes. Yes. Okay. So I had at the time I had just dyed my hair white or silver. <gasps> oh my God. I remember this. I remember so, this moment. So yeah, so so it just like looks so cool when I like painted on the the mask and I was so proud of it and I still think it's super cool and I had like his outfit and everything and that's why it was my favorite because it was kind of an impulse thing because I was like I kind of look like him I'm gonna paint his mask on my face and I did yes it. It came out super cool so that one is still my favorite so sick so sexy so silver daddy we're here for it. Yes. Um, So as you've mentioned, you're like super into anime. So what is your all-time favorite anime? Oh, that's a hard one. (laughs) Depends because there's like different genres and everything. I wouldn't watch. um, Oh, gosh. Okay, so recently I rewatched Banana Fish and I really like that one. It's kind of this gangster uh, anime. Um... Um, and it's kind of like a little yes. bit of boy love anime. I'm kind of like everyone knows it is, but I don't think TV was ready for that, so they they didn't <laughs> they didn't do it. But but I really like that one. Um, I think one of the first animes I ever watched is Naruto, so I'll always oh. I'll always remember Naruto. I was like I think I was a little too young to be watching it. Some, sometimes I'm like mm, I was it's kind of iffy, but but yeah, the Naruto. I was really into Sailor Moon when I was younger. Really oh, into Sailor Moon. Oh my god. 
Um, gay icon. <laughs> yes, yes. So there actually was... Queer icon. Let me correct there myself. Was, there queer was, icon. Um, there was uh, several queer characters in the anime, and I always felt like, like I knew a little secret. Like, like you know, it was a little naughty. I was like, oh, it's a little, like, you know, I probably shouldn't be watching this. It's queer, you know? Oh, um, yes. Oh. Yeah, so... Sussy. So it was a little... Turn it on when your parents aren't around. Yes. Yeah, and no, actually, interesting thing, like, my my parents were always really strict when I was younger, um, so I wasn't allowed to watch anime, so I wasn't allowed to watch Naruto or, or Sailor Moon, um, because they had some kind of misconception that, like, anime was just, like, hentai, all of it. All of it oh, was just oh, hentai, oh. so they were, they were... Very different things. Yeah, so so they was just not allowed, and I was like, Mom, it's not like that, and then she... I don't know Mom. where... She heard from this, but all my aunts, my mom, everyone thought that it was some kind of satanic, like, hentai or something. And I was like, where did, what did you guys watch? I was like, literally, I've never came, like, I don't watch that kind of anime, but even to this day, I haven't really. (laughs) At least I won't tell you guys. Wait, you don't watch hentai? No, no, definitely I watch hentai, but no, like, satanic weird (laughs) hentai. Oh, okay, okay, got it. like, you know, I don't know, but that was just what she had told me, and I was just like thinking when I was little, I don't get what's so wrong with it because I remember watching Sailor Moon and thinking she's so cool and so like powerful and she's such she's like this little girl who's who's I, I think she's like sixteen or fourteen or something in in when the anime was taking place and or I don't know. She when it first like when I was watching it, she's like fourteen and she's like crime fighting and being cool feminist yes. icon so i didn't see anything wrong with it i was like it's just the britney spears of the anime community there you go and i just thought it was so fun and and cool but even i don't know it was just a little weird fact everyone oh my thought, god like why everyone thought it was like evil but so <laughs> you and i would have totally been friends if we like went to school together um because i was literally friends with everybody who was like into naruto like those people were all my friends at that young age and not only that but they always talked about like the boys like fan fiction like there's it was naruto oh, and sasuke was it is yes. that who like the two paired up they were always talking about it. i was like oh my god i'm so interested i don't really know too much about anime but tell me about this little boy love story it sounds so cute it's not even <laughs> it's just like a ship they're not actually together Oh. <laughs> I know. Oh. I'm disappointed. My heart and my dreams. Their love interests are actually, like, kind of awful. We're getting off topic, but pretty much, like, their love yes. interests don't make any sense. Like, uh, Sasuke with Sakura doesn't make any sense. Even Naruto and Hinata, I like them, but they kind of, him and Sasuke had more chemistry. Come on. Oh, come on. We know it. I don't know it, but you know it, and I trust you. But we would have totally (laughs) been friends in elementary school for that reason. Um, So, obviously, till this day, you still continue to watch hentai. So, Ah, what? (laughs) (laughs) Even to this day. Correct myself. Hentai. Thank you. You continue to. Sorry, that's where mine is right now. In the gutter. Um, But... Till this day, you still continue to watch anime. Uh, what keeps you interested in it? It's just, it's it's awesome. I feel like it's a kind yes. of... Yes! Um, it's just like a different kind of medium in, like, animation. I feel like you can accomplish so much in anime. I feel like the expressions can be so much more dramatic 
fight scenes can be so much more dramatic. Um, just what you can manipulate with an anime, you can you can you can do a lot more with an anime than you can with the live action. Um, yeah, like I said, the dramatic. You can take things to the extreme, um, and it looks awesome. So. I, I love it. Yes. And I think the stories are fun, too. Like, it's like watching regular TV, only cooler. So that's why I like it. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. I love it. You're like, fuck reality TV. I'll go enjoy my yeah. anime. Don't need that drama, but we'll for sure love this drama. Yes, yes. So, yeah, no, I think it's awesome. So referring to your childhood and some things that interest, uh, interested you, what was one of the first CDs that you've ever owned? Okay, I don't remember exactly which 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 was the first one, but I remember like being a child having four. Okay, okay, let's tell. And them. I remember tell us. having Mariah Carey's like Butterfly. Okay. And I remember having Britney Spears. Yes, yes. And I had uh, the, like the Black Eyed Peas. Yes. Okay. And yeah, and then I also had Shakira's album. Um. So yeah, I had I had like the coolest um, music taste. Yes. Um, first oh, of all... Oh, oh, I lied. I lied. I also had Christina Aguilera. Oh, my God. So you're literally creating the formula for a perfect queer person. <laughs> yes. That's exactly yes. what you're all doing. The... Yeah, I was listening to, like, my humps. Oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> you're like, oh, tell me In, more like, about your humps, grade. Fergie. Yeah, exactly. I was, like, singing that um, blasting. Just, my like, lovely lady queens. lumps. Yes. We love pop queens. Continue to love pop queens. Yeah, still to this day, right now. <laughs> still all, loving them. All, all of pop them. Queens all, all the time. All the time. For sure. As I'm wearing this Ariana Grande. Yes. Oh my her. God. It's so cute. Yeah, it's from her sweetener tour. Oh, oh. <laughs> I really wanted to go to that, but I didn't. Um, really sad and disappointed. I saw her twice during that era. Wow. TFTI, Dylan. <laughs> um, anyways. <laughs> So, obviously, as you've kind of mentioned before, you love black coffee. You love your two espresso shots. Um, so, obviously, yes, your love for yes. coffee had to start somewhere. Did it start in your childhood? It did, actually. Um, really? Yes. My parents drink so much coffee. It's wild. Um, but I remember um, growing up, I had really bad ADD. And mm. it was really hard for me to focus in school. And some doctor told my parents that if they gave me coffee, it would have the opposite effect. The caffeine would actually oh. calm me down. Which I don't know if it ever worked, but I just know that I started drinking <laughs> coffee like when I You're was like, like the placebo kinda, worked. Yeah, when I was like really young, I started drinking coffee. So, I mean, I'm fine, but now I have a mad caffeine addiction. What's up? Understandable, as one would. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that actually helps or not. I did, couldn't tell the difference, if anything. Maybe I was a little bit more hyper, but as long as it gave them a little peace of mind. I, yes, uh, peace of mind for somebody, even if it's a placebo. So I think that that's such a cute little memory from your childhood, and I think that it's really cute that that's how it started your love for coffee, and you still continue to love coffee as much till this day. Along with that memory, do you have any other childhood memories that you like to keep in your back pocket? Um, thinking about school and studying, because I, like like they said, they, I had um, 
gotten diagnosed with like ADD and I know I had a couple of other like learning disabilities um I think I was always like really inspired by my mother she actually um came to the U.S. and as a as an immigrant um but she finally was able to obtain her residency but that wasn't enough for her because she she had gotten married to my dad but it wasn't enough for her she really wanted to be a citizen she wanted her voice to count she wanted to be able to vote it was very important for her um so that's always inspired me um i remember sitting in the living room um watching these tapes of like the the questions that they asked for the citizenships test and thinking i feel like Americans born here don't even know some of these things. Like I remember thinking that. Like oh, sitting gosh. through those those tapes, I was just like, I don't even know half this stuff. And I like go to like U.S. school. Like I'm here, and I I was born here, and I I'm like getting an American, you know, USA education. I don't know any of this stuff. But yeah, that was always. And she was she was working so hard on her on her English every single night and. Every single day she would be working on uh, trying to obtain her um, her citizenship. And she, she finally did it. And I'm, su- I'm always super proud of her because I know she also struggles with um, some of the learning uh, stuff as well. So, but she, but she did it. And, and I, can, I think about that all the time. I think about how uh, we take we take like sometimes even like something like citizenship like something we're just born with we take it for granted oh for and sure people have to work so hard and go through so much um just to have something that a lot of us don't really think about um so so yeah that, that's something that's something i i think about often especially when i hear about you know like immigration on the news yeah. and and I hear about like things that my friends are going through, and it's just it it does it it helps me um, stay grounded. Yes. For sure. And it keeps me motivated to um, be a lifelong learner, you know, and to not give up, especially since like I do learn differently, um, and I have struggled with it in the past, uh, but it keeps me motivated to always want to pursue my education. Yes. I love that you have this drive to continue to learn. And I think that that is like such an endearing memory to keep with you because, you know, it's so powerful and it says so much within itself. And the fact that like just your mom getting her residency wasn't enough for her and she wanted more. Like that is literally so inspirational. So do you feel that that inspired your independence that you have today? Or what do you feel like inspired your independence? I think 100% like if I didn't have my mother and if I didn't see kind of if I didn't have her as a role model I don't know if I would be as independent or striving for independence as I do um I don't think I would have that I don't think I would have the skill set I don't even think I would have the um motivation so I, I I owe her a lot but that is definitely something that I owe her almost completely my my drive for independence yes stay ambitious because you know what like ambition is what really gets people to where they want to be and obviously and like to me 
you're like one of the most progressive people that I've met. And, you know, like you've really helped to create a foundation for what I look for in friends and, you know, what I want my friends to be. So you inspire me. Your independence inspires me. You know, just like hearing your family story is like such an inspiration for me. So do you feel that you're an empath? And if so, why or why not? I think that our relationship with like each other and spirituality um I think we we all um have the capability to do that I think that we it's just like a skill that we have to fine-tune uh I don't think I'm like any different than anybody else I think that sometimes we are just taught to ignore our gut and our instincts and kind of what we feel um because it's maybe not logical at the time for you to like know something but I mean I think a lot of people like I mothers like it's crazy how like sometimes you you think are they psychic or something like it's insane oh yeah a mother's intuition is real real. but I think I think we all have kind of the capability to be a little bit more uh trusting in our gut and um and it if you put yourself in like other people's shoes too I think that also helps um kind of fine-tune spirituality because you see you see it not just as yourself like your own ego you see other people's um other people uh as entities themselves and yeah so that's what I think I don't think I'm any different than anybody else I think that that's really cute and I think how it resonates with me and like how I took in all the information that you gave is that, you know, it kind of takes you, the way that you see it is that it kind of takes you out of, like, this um, modern world perspective, quote-unquote, you know, where it is just, like, all about, focused around, like, a technology, you know, and it's, like, what we're kind of conditioned to believe, and it really allows, uh, people have the capability to be present with themselves, but not only that, but to be present with others and to create an understanding for one another rather than being caught up in what we consider, like, are quote-unquote normal exactly exactly i think i think it's important too to not get caught up in in like screens all the time um oh god i feel like a damn robot yeah i i think it is important like i i think it's it's good to have a healthy relationship with kind of the world around you and also to have your social media i think it's it's social media is great um but I think definitely has to be a balance and and you always have to be kind of mindful of where you're putting like a lot of your energy. You want to make sure it's like more distributed so you don't get burned out, especially on the Internet. Yes. And like you said, you know, just having moderation, I think, is a really good thing to take away from that. So I totally agree with you. So referring to a previous question... <laughs> Referring to a previous question, you've mentioned that you were born here. Where did you grow up? So I grew up in Balvin Park. Uh, I moved here around um, seven, seven years, um, and now I live in this, you know, somewhere else. But <laughs> so from where you lived then to where you live now, uh, did you experience kind of like a difference in culture? Definitely, definitely. So right now. Um, where I live is primarily um, white people and a significantly older um, population over here. Like there's, um, 
as opposed to Bellman Park that was primarily um, just like people of color. Um, and a, a most of the people I knew growing up like only spoke Spanish. So I actually didn't, I didn't learn to um, speak English until I moved from Bellman Park. Um, so yeah, I think it did, it did definitely affect when I was when I was living in Baldwin Park, as a child, I was always told I was smart. I always felt um, I always felt creative. But when I moved to here, um, it was a dramatic shift. Nobody could understand me. Um, I went from like always being the top of my class right like as a little kid like always getting celebrated and um to pretty much telling me they would have to hold me back a year um that they that I wasn't smart enough my English wasn't good and and yeah and they were right I couldn't really understand I didn't want to speak English I felt like a like I was rebelling um the move even at six or seven-ish, um, I, I didn't, I kind of locked down. I didn't want to. Do you feel as if more was expected from you as a child coming from Baldwin to where you presently live? So I think um, just having the teachers that spoke the language um, I spoke really was helpful for me and I always felt like a like I wasn't shy I had lots of friends I remember um just being getting along with everyone and this like shift like when I went to this other school where nobody really could talk to me the teachers didn't believe in me I was constantly getting told and separated because because I apparently wasn't paying attention um, I think the learning styles were very different. I remember getting the mean teacher. Oh no! At, yes, and I got the like the mean teacher. I put that in like quotations, like literally from like first grade to or second grade to like fifth grade. I think I got, oh, like the mean no. one. You know, like there was always a mean one, and I always got that one. Um, but yeah, my my elementary school was interesting and. Um, I think it did, it made me shy. It made me not want to speak up because I was bullied, like, when I was little. And, um, I think being bullied at the, at that age, it just, like, made me put up so many layers and so many walls that I wish, like, I worked so hard now as an adult to still kind of undo them. I have to consciously be like, oh, no, don't worry. You're not that person anymore. You're grown, you know, and you're, you've grown from that point. You're, you can't be affected like that anymore. Yes. Oh, I love that. I love that you're very present with your inner child, you know, and you nurture them and you tell them, you know, like, it's okay. That's not who you are now. And we're growing from this. Like, it makes me really happy to hear that you practice that. Because I feel like sometimes people forget their inner child and, like, where they came from and, like, uh, the trauma that they experience, regardless of how small or how big it seems, we forget to nurture it. And I think that it's great that you want to continue to nurture yours and remember that 
yes, you came from that place, but now you're choosing where you go from there and you constantly remind yourself. So that's amazing to hear. Thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think everyone needs to, um, you know, not ignore the inner child because they're still a part of you and they need your love. They need your attention. Yeah. You know, and I think something that kind of helped me to, um, not to steer away from the interview, but I feel like something that helped me to recognize what the inner child is in people and kind of like what it is in myself is how we act out in times of like strong emotions whether mm-hmm. they be anxiety depression uh anger fear like whatever it is w- those emotions that we're portraying are our inner child presenting themselves you know mm-hmm. and it's like sometimes we have to parent ourselves and be like no like you're okay like i got mm-hmm. you i'm here for you and Absolutely. you know i'm really glad to hear that as one of my friends you practice uh speaking and parenting your inner child that's beautiful of course, of course. So, obviously, earlier you told us that you're wearing a little Ariana Grande shirt from her sweetener tour. Oh, yes, uh, yes. So, <laughs> we know that, like, your fashion sense is on point. So, <laughs> who or what inspires your wardrobe? What makes you choose the clothes that you have? I feel like... Uh, huh. I, I feel like I wear what makes me feel the most confident and sometimes it doesn't come up like like right away sometimes it's like something I just think is so cool but I'm like I don't know if I can wear that you know and you gotta I just gotta take a look at myself and I'm just like why can't you you know yes if I think something's cool I'll wear it and sometimes I'll think like oh maybe I can't wear that like that would look weird just go for it. Just I go think for that's it. Been my, I, I think that's been my kind of my mantra whenever I'm yes. like, I don't know if I should try something creatively or I don't know if I should try something with my appearance. I'm like, you want to go for it. Who cares? Yes. Oh my God. Cute. I think that you tackling breaking the barrier lately is just like, oh, I love it. Because you've been doing so much in so many different areas. So I think that it's amazing that it also plays a role in your fashion, too. Thank you. Thank you. I I think that I want to play, like, moving forward, I want to play way more with, like, what society sees and perceives as, like, female, feminine, and, like, masculine, and um, in clothing, uh, and just kind of like do my best to kind of morph those ideas and really give just something, present something new. And yeah, no, it's just something that def- different people would um, just love. Yes. Regardless of their gender, you know. You're actually transitioning perfectly into our next question, which is when did you start playing with the binary when it comes to your fashion? Oh, perfect. Um, I. <laughs> I think it was more when I came out um, the first time. Yeah, the first time I came out, I I have, a, I have an interesting relationship with clothes um, because for a long time I used it as my camouflage. Um, so I just I I like hyper feminized my clothing like in high school because I was nervous that people would realize that I was like queer so I was just like being super feminine which is I love 
feminine clothing. I still do, but it was just, I was using it as a barrier. So I think when I came out, that was like when I wanted to express my, myself and my wardrobe a little bit differently. Um, and I did the thing that like, like female, like a like little quotation, um, like lesbians when they come out, like the cliche, like cut their hair short. And stuff. Yes. <laughs> and I did that. So um, that was the first time I came out. I came out as a, as a, as a bisexual woman. Um, and then I came out as a lesbian. Uh, so it's been a process. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. So with that being said, how many times have you come out? I think there, I'm going to be coming out constantly. I think it's like, I, I don't even know I don't. I don't even think I've counted because I feel like coming out is yes. like an everyday. Experience. A whole new coming out every day. I feel like I have to, <laughs> every single day. I have to come out to somebody. I feel and you know if some some person you know t- uses the wrong name or something and I have to come out to them. I'm like, oh, actually, I'm non-binary and my name is Dylan. It's not my other name that I have there. Yeah. Um, so it, it's just like, I, I don't know. I don't know how many times I came out, but uh, well, my names. But I think the, the like three different kinds of coming out that I've had so far was, yeah, I was, I was came out as bi. Or no, there's more than that. I came out as bi and then I came out as a lesbian. And then I was like, I don't know, I'm queer. And then I came out as queer and then I came out again by like just saying like I'm just kind of into it's like hearts not parts yes little hearts not parts moment yeah and thank you for the phrase you were the one that 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 said that and I was like I'm taking that every time somebody asks me what my sexual orientation is I'm just gonna say hearts Hearts not parts parts. (laughs) yes so when did you discover like how how long ago was it that you discovered that you were non-binary so I think that I didn't have language for it, but I actually think I realized that I was, um, like, a trans person when I was around 12. Um, that was... Really? Oh, my gosh. That's such yeah, a young the, age. Yeah, that was, like, when I realized that something gender-wise, like, wasn't right. I thought at the time that I was, like, maybe a trans boy, perhaps. Like, I thought about that a lot. Um, yeah, but I actually, I realized I was queer, but like, like gender queer before I realized I was even into like women. So, or other trans people. That's amazing. And I, I can't imagine what that's like, you know, because considering society's social norm, uh, not putting like any type of binary to anything, but it's just like to find yourself in that place of, like, okay, I think that I am, like, some type of transgender. Like, I relate to that in some way. So it's, like, I can't even imagine, you know, like, how you felt, like... Because did you like people at that time? Like, did you find yourself, like, finding people attractive uh, at all? Not when I was, like, 12. I think I was really... I think I was a late bloomer, actually, when it came to being, like, having attraction for others. I didn't really... Like, the queer feelings that I had, they were all, like, within... They were about my identity. It wasn't so much um, about my attraction to others. I think I ended up 
like first feeling attracted to somebody like when I was like in high school like senior year maybe um I think I was like 18 already oh wow so yeah I don't so I was I was kind of I was older um I felt pressure like social pressure to like oh of course as a young person I felt like like people would always talk about how other people were you know attractive and I kind of played into that a little bit I said I was I would agree and stuff but in reality like I didn't care about that I just want to watch anime. I just want to watch anime. I just want to watch my anime. Yes. So, you know, mentioning that you've had your queer feelings at a young age, do you remember anybody that, like, brought up those feelings for you? Would it have been that person that you mentioned um, in high school that brought that up? Or is it someone totally different? Um, Like, it could even be, like, uh, actor, actress, like, musician, like, cartoon. Yeah, so there's a few. Um, I feel like once... You, like, I, I, like, broke the seal. Like, it was, like, once I broke the seal, I felt like I found so many people attractive. Um, so, so yeah, it's interesting. But before that point, before that point, uh, when I was 18, I, like, thought I was asexual. I never came out. Okay, I could totally see I that. I never came out as asexual, but I definitely, actually, no, I did come out to somebody I was trying to date as an asexual. Oh, I did come out once because I didn't want to sleep with him. You know, oh, God. Can we first talk about... Okay, no, we're not going to go down that rabbit hole. Um, go ahead. I, I'm interested to go into that rabbit hole after we're done recording, but... <laughs> okay, let's go into that rabbit hole. Yes, yeah, so, so pretty much, yeah, I, I did think I was asexual, but I was definitely genderqueer for sure. And then... Um, I think I must have been watching, like, maybe, like, a music video or something, and the girl just looked absolutely stunning, and it was Shakira. Oh, my God. Uh-huh. She's absolutely girls beautiful. Girls really just be looking beautiful in music videos. Like, girls just be so, doing that. So I gorgeous. love, oh, I love women. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, I love women, too. So, so yeah, I think, I think it was actually Shakira who yes. did it. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes, Shakira! <laughs> Stealing Dylan's little heart. Oh my gosh, I'm dead. I, the, yeah, it was her. I think she was like the first one. I was like, oh, my oh gosh, so yes, hot. so hot. Yes. Um, <laughs> but I don't really remember having any crushes like in high school or anything like that. I think I ended up um, coming out to my best friend like two years after I graduated from high school. Um and he he's gay so it was just easier and when i came out to him he was like okay we're making you a tinder <laughs> and then that's that's pretty much when i started dating. oh my gosh i thought that okay first of all let me just say and i don't mean this in an offensive way but i thought like when i first met you like you were just like a player to begin with just like super suave like making daddy moves over here (laughs) like i just thought you were like a professional dater like that's literally how i saw you not not at all (laughs) not at all wow have (laughs) i been deceived all these years (laughs) no i think it's i feel like i got pretty good at dating because i did a lot of it as soon as i came out um but i got pretty good at dating in the sense that i feel like we're both I, th- I think once I took the pressure off of myself, like, I think I had a lot of pressure to, like, make things, like, good for 
both of us i was almost taking responsibility for the other person on the date too i was like hoping that like i was a good good enough date because i hadn't gone on any dates before um so for my first few dates i was like really nervous that um that they wouldn't have a good time because i've never gone on dates before so i was like freaking out thinking oh i hope i'm doing this right you know like i hope they're having fun i don't know what they're expecting i don't know what are they expecting like and i was just like well, what am i expecting <laughs> what am i expecting i was like kind of taking taking on the responsibility to make sure that these people were having a good time when it, essentially if you want to have a good time you're gonna have a good time i can't do anything about that i can only enjoy myself try to be the person who i am on this date with you and if it's good if we vibe we vibe if we don't well we don't and that's okay um so i think as soon as i had that realization that like there's always going to be people who you're not going to vibe with and that's okay it kind of took the pressure off of me and i just have like uh i just act like myself and try to be as cool like you know conscious like i'm obviously um uh try to you know, make sure they're comfortable and stuff. But I think after that point, I got really good at dating because it was just, it was just like, you know, you're just being like with another person. It's fine. It's fun. You guys heard it here first. Dylan Gomez, a professional dater. <laughs> Seek you your go. services now. <laughs> um, so I have two follow-up questions that go with that. We can totally cut this first one out if it's dumb. But who normally picked up the tab on your date? So I like the idea of us being equal. Um, I, I always like that. I always like, like even like when I date guys, um, which I don't do a lot of. I don't do a lot of dating right now. Pandemic, you know, and all. Uh, but, yeah. But when I was like d- dating like men, uh, I wouldn't. Yeah, when I was dating men, I I would still pick up half the tab. Yes. Unless they, like, super insisted and it was, like, they were too fragile to, like, let me pay. I'd be like, all right, you can pay, I guess. You can pay, I guess. Um, But, no, I'm not saying that, like, sometimes I would pay, like, for a lady. Like, I think it really honestly just depends, like... Because if I ask somebody out, sometimes I want to pay. Because I'm like, oh, yeah, I was the one that asked you out. You know, you drove a long way to see me. Yes, you love these Los Angeles women. Yeah, I (laughs) do. (laughs) Yeah, so I don't know. It just depends on the situation. I think that I like the idea of us splitting it. But also I do pay often for for, um, people, like, that I date. And sometimes people pay for me, so I really don't know. Yes, I love that. Okay, follow-up question. What was your first, your worst date? All time. There's been a few. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of the one where I would necessarily say, like, was the worst. I think when people aren't who they say they are, or um, if people are um, not honest... And it's, like, obvious. I'm really turned off by that. Um, I feel like when people, yeah, pretend to be something that they're not for some reason, I, I don't like that. I don't like the idea of that they feel that, like their their own self isn't good enough. I almost, that lacks confidence to me. That's very unattractive. Um, so I've gone on a couple dates like that where people have either kind of lied about money which I think is stupid. I find that so stupid. I'm like, a oh God, 
Not me. Not here. Not today. No, thank you. <laughs> no, because I think that's so lame. I'm like, honestly, if you think, like, it's the fact that you make more money is going to impress me somehow, it's not. I don't care about that. Also, it yeah, I've had a date like that, and I was just, like, super uncomfortable the whole time. I was just like, okay, I know, first of all, that that's not true because of something that I saw that and then something that you said you contradicted yourself so um there's no need to lie about money I think that's stupid also lying about kind of your appearance too if you're catfish like you're using other people's pictures that's Mm. stupid oh no oh god if you expect to go on a date with this person why would you use a wrong picture yeah how is this fun for either of us at this point Mm -hmm. yeah so I don't know I just don't like people who are dishonest understandable um also people people who and this honestly could be my bad. I've gone on a date and then I later find out that the girl is like a Trump supporter. And I, oh. and, and I was like, that's my fault. I really should have said, like, I really should have done my research. So yeah, so it's just anything like that. Don't be a Trump supporter. Don't be a liar. And don't be full of yourself. And You'll have you a good can. time with Dylan. And you'll have a good time <laughs> with me. I'm a good time. So... Referring back to you coming out as non-binary, you've obviously evolved into Dylan and who you are today. How was that experience for you? I think that coming out as Dylan has been harder um, than previously coming out for me. I think even coming out the first time, it was kind of is easier than than coming out as Dylan, at least with my with my family and also with myself. I think that that was a part of me for so long, like being trans, that I never even wanted to acknowledge um, to myself. So just getting to the point where I could acknowledge the fact that um, the feelings that I were I was feeling was like dysphoria and that I was transgender and that there that I was part of this community like it was there's nothing wrong with it but it was just the progress of me coming to terms with it that was for some reason so hard for me um to even say out loud for so long um and then once I came out I think um my family was more exposed to what it is to be gay and they had already kind of had some time to warm up to that idea and then I kind of hit like hit him with a curveball, and also, uh, like having my parents think that it's something they did for me to come out the way that I am, um, and just it's just, it it was just been a process for sure. Compared. Oh yeah, I can imagine um, what that's been um, like for you. It's not all bad though. Like I think once I acknowledged myself. Um, to the world I felt completely different I I feel like I've shed weight off of myself like I feel lighter I feel more comfortable with myself and so many things like I never expected I'd be able to do um, have just become normal and natural and I'm a lot happier now I feel like I'm not deceiving anybody. I feel like I was being dishonest by not coming out at one point. I was just not being myself. I was not being true to who I am, not being true to 
Yes. The person. And I, I remember when you and I had went out to dinner. Um, we were like walking out around the mall and then we had went out to dinner. And then you had brought up to me about how you wanted to go by your name, Dylan. And I was just like, oh my God, yes. Like I'm changing your name like in my phone right now. Like let's do this. And then like just from there, I've only seen you evolve yes. more and more and more. And I think it's beautiful because you're just like this flower that continues to grow and is so colorful and is so cute. And you still have your little thorns and you have your leaves. Like you're out here fucking doing it. I don't know if a flower is a reference that you like, but... I like to think of people as flowers. Good, good. I like Um, I love flowers. So as you mentioned, like, in your response, (laughs) you had said that, you know, it kind of threw your family a little bit of, like, a curveball. So how did that conversation go for you exactly? And how did you feel? Yeah, it was, it was surprising because I felt like definitely, like, my mom has always, like, mother's intuition. Like, she's always known that I was different. She's always given me, like like more attention I feel than my siblings um because I think that she was worried about me also I know for a fact like there have been instances where she's asked me things that I feel like you don't ask unless you think that your child might be transgender um so so yeah so I thought that she would take it a lot better I understand like that's just what I thought it how it was gonna go Um, Because I was like, Mom, like, you knew, you know, you were right. But I guess maybe she just didn't want to be right or something um, um, with with that. And I think that her idea of transgender was very um, different. I feel like like her idea of what transgender is um, is just like what she's seen in the media. And sometimes we are just not portrayed well. So I don't blame her for being scared um but yeah it was it was actually it was it was kind of hard um doing that with her but I think little by little she's starting to understand and um also I feel like she was thinking it was her fault or something like it was a bad thing um and she almost like like I was rejecting the name she had given me and I actually picked the name Dylan with her in mind so it wasn't it wasn't like I was like rejecting her or the person that I was before coming out I'm still that same person I just feel like I've accepted a part of myself now that I didn't want to come to terms with before. I love that. So you said that your mom had these um, inclinations about, you know, you possibly being transgender. Is that something that you feel comfortable, like, discussing a little bit more in detail? Yes. So I actually um, had to get surgery when I was, uh, I think, 16. Um, I had to get, like, some ovarian cysts removed. Um, But it was pretty bad. Like, they were going to remove like my like left ovary so um she asked me she's like okay so if they have to remove your ovaries like both of them um and you have to be like on hormone replacement therapy right what kind of hormones would you like to be on kind of thing which I thought was a really strange question at the time also 
I remember her crying because I wouldn't be able to have children. And in my head, that was, like, never something I was concerned with when I was 16. I was like, okay, if they have to do it, they have to do it. And, like, they have to remove yeah. them. They have to remove oh, them. What kids? <laughs> yeah, I was, like, I was like good. And I told her that was, like, the first time I had ever mentioned to her. I, w- I actually was, like, cool with the idea of, of adopting a child. Um, if I were to have one, I would just, like, want to adopt one. If it, one were to, like... Because actually what ended up happening is they didn't have to remove my ovary. Um, it's like there still, so I can still technically have children. Um, but yeah, I, I, and it was kind of a crazy moment for her too, just because I think she just really wanted grandchildren. But at the same time, she asked me what kind of hormones I wanted. Also, she had asked me that before when I was a lot younger. She asked me if I ever thought that I might be a boy. Um, she asked me that, like, on two or three separate occasions growing up. And I always got super scared when she asked me that. Yeah. Actually, I would get so freaked out. I would be like, what, did I do something, like, wrong? Am I, like, not a good enough girl? Um, I was just, like, thinking, like, I was broken or something. Or... And then I and then I I went would go back and try to bury the feelings the queer feelings, but every single time I denied it like it was, the worst thing ever. It was like I committed a crime or something like I murdered somebody. Yeah. I'd be like, no, no, I'm so feminine. I'm such a girl. I love, Barbies. Yeah, Barbies. Um. So I feel like Barbies. <laughs> I feel like that kind of plays into uh what you were mentioning earlier where you've like excessively like feminized almost yes yes i think i did that from i think it got really obvious and really bad when i was in high school um i was but and what makes me sad too a little bit still right now um because my mother she she always brings up who i was in high school with so much just love and she she always brings up how I used to dress so elegant and so beautiful and that she always wanted me to dress her because I guess I dressed really cute. Which, I don't know if we're, like, seeing the same, remembering the same outfits because I didn't think they were that cute. But, um, (laughs) but I think sometimes it does kind of hurt a little bit because I'm like oh man like I wish I could bring you that much joy now and you could think of those fond thoughts of me right now instead of like someone who was so broken and so like hidden from the world you know I was it's like hiding behind a mask I, I was hiding behind a mask but you liked my mask and sometimes when I'm feeling really email, I'm like, you liked my mask more than you like my... You like my mask? <laughs> yes! You like my mask more than you like me. That should be your autobiography. You liked my mask, but you didn't like me. <laughs> more than you liked me. Yeah. There you go. Wow. Like, that... I can't... Well, I can't imagine what that feels like. But, you know, do you feel as if she's gotten more progressive with time or how do you feel like she is presently definitely i think especially with my mom i don't think sometimes people um, like your parents are trying to hurt you um at least i know my mom isn't like ever trying to hurt me i think like she has so much love for me and i love her too and um 
but I think it's like like we've failed as a society to educate um, parents you know to having queer children um, we failed in in that in that way I, I think a lot of people especially from the community would have had just a way easier time if they're if their parents just like understood the basics of it and how it's not the end of the world and how it's not the most awful thing ever it's actually just a part of them and it's it's not great it's not awesome it's just a part of them and um learning and teaching your child to cope with realizing that they are different when there's always so much pressure for people to fit in um I think is big. A lot of people who are queer are a part of the community can relate to that, you know, because it's like, I feel as if we've all experienced something with our parents, you know, in regards to either our gender identity or sexuality. Um, so I do agree that we did fail as a society in that way. And especially considering the time, you know, when your mother was born and when your mother grew up and, you know, when like during that time period that she grew up, it was significantly different. You know, than what we're currently living through right now. Yeah, no, I definitely think that we're improving so much more, like, little by little every day, right? Um, And that's how I feel about my situation with my mother. Like, I think right now she's super understanding, and I feel like she wants to learn a lot of the time. Is she ready to, like, go to a Pride event? Probably not, but um, she's definitely like open to hearing about it she uses my name now she uses dylan um and she corrects herself um whenever she messes up so i think it's definitely just a transition and and she's improving and i think that's that's everyone like i i feel like once we like expose more and more people to what it is and um they realize it's just not something totally unnatural or yeah yeah so there's a lot more to it than what it's made to seem yeah yeah and it's not bad it's not a it's not a bad thing expand our mind guys open your mind open your hearts you can learn so much so i know that you had mentioned that um your mom may have socially been influenced you know by what to think in regards to like you know uh, gender identity, sexuality, and, you know, it's, like, what parents see in their child. Do you feel as if she was culturally influenced so. in any way? I um, think so. she she was raised in a small town in Mexico. So I definitely don't think that she was, like, exposed to anyone transgender at all, like, that she knew of. Even a lot of people that are gay in the small town i feel like i know all of them already <laughs> like i know of them because it's like three of them and they're even even then they're not really out and about with their sexuality like they're not really if they're dating anyone i don't think they're very vocal about it so i think yeah i think that has a huge she you know she's catholic too so they kind of have an interesting oh yeah perspective on homosexuality so 
you know, I think from what I've heard as far as, like, your mom and, like, your trans experience, I think that it sounds like, you know, she's adjusting very well and she's progressing each day, you know? And I think that that's amazing to have that support coming from your parents. Definitely. Um, Even if it wasn't something that happened at first, I think having that is really beautiful. How do your siblings feel about, you know, everything? Oh my gosh, my siblings are so great. Like, they're so great. They were like, okay, you're Dylan now. Like, fine. Love that. My... My sister, my sister, when I, when I came out, she's just like, finally, like, honestly, you're super gay, like, <laughs> you know, like, she's like, you're just like, you didn't act like I did. My sister had, I, I remember, like, she always had crushes growing up, like, super young, too, and I was just always so weirded out by her, like, being such a fangirl, and, like, <laughs> she would, like, fangirl. I remember, like, like, she had a huge crush on Jacob from Twilight. Just like, <gasps> Who didn't, though? Yeah, oh. I didn't. I didn't have a crush oh, on Oh, oh, oh. So, we would have been friends. So, so um, also, <laughs> there, there was just so many. Like, I remember she had a crush on, um, I'm, like, outing her right now with all her crushes. She had one on Tro- Troy Bolton from high school. Oh. I remember him. Um, Zac Efron. She had so many. Oh my gosh! And I'm like thinking back on it. She had. She even had one on Ed Sheeran. Oh my god! I, I'll never forgive her for that one. I'll <laughs> forgive her for that one. <laughs> Honestly, me and your sister like need to be more friends because hi, yes. we shared the same crushes. Love it. Yes. Hello. Yeah. So it was. It's so funny. And she, when I told her, I was like, oh, like I think I'm into like women. She's like, oh, that totally makes sense. <laughs> She's just like, oh god, yeah, like that's yeah, I get it, and yeah, and even she took it even better that I told her I was a non-binary person, and she was just like, okay, just like educate me, like tell me if I do something, you know, so I could correct myself, and. She's just, like, awesome. My little brother, too, is so... He's so cool. I love him. <laughs> Aww. So, my brother, he's... He's 18 right now. Uh, he... He's just, like, a little jock. Like... <laughs> like, I don't know how else to describe him. He's a football player. Yeah. Um, he likes video games. He... Um, he's straight like like very straight like he told me very straight yeah he's like i'm open to the idea of being gay if i was but i'm not i was like oh that's cool i'm very that's cool yeah i was i was like i forgive you for being straight i'm just kidding i (laughs) (laughs) but yeah it's not your fault it's not your fault no but yeah so he's just like this uh like cool kid and he like i remember telling him and he was like just upset because he was the last one to find out Oh, how sweet. So he was just like, like when I told him like I was into women, he's just like, why am I always the last one to find out things? And I was like, do you care? And he's like, well, I'm just like kind of like, why didn't you tell me? Why would you tell my dad before me? I thought we were cool. Like, I was like, we are cool. But yeah, yeah, no. So I thought it was funny. I was like, I knew he, he would take it awesome and my sister too and they did and they were just they've been so great like my my little brother too right away kind of he picked up on um, Dylan my name um 
almost like the same day my sister too and um they're still kind of getting the hang of they them pronouns which is totally fine but they're trying and I love them and appreciate them so much. Yes. Oh, that's so beautiful and amazing to hear. And I've met both of your siblings and I've also met your mom. And I just think that you have an overall wonderful family. Just very nice people. Thank you. I Thank was you. literally talking to Zach about them last night. I was just like, I love Dylan's family. Like, I just love <laughs> them. I love seeing them. I love casually running into them in their house and just talking to them because they're such nice fucking people. Even your mom. So sweet. Thank um, you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, they're good. So for anybody who might have somebody who is LGBTQIA plus in their family, what advice would you give to them? I think, um, especially being part of the community, everybody's experience is different. And I think it's important to not assume anything. Just keep a really open mind. Hear your loved one out. Um, ask them what they need from you. Be there for them whenever... Um, they need you and just yeah be supportive and don't you don't necessarily have to treat them any different they're still your loved one just respect that aspect of their identity or their orientation yes okay and then how about any person who is you know questioning right now like either questioning or is like new to the community or is like new to being trans being gay lesbian bisexual what advice would you give them? <laughs> I think that you don't get so caught up in the labels or the stereotypes. Um, just do whatever feels right for you. Um, do whatever you feel safe doing. Um, if you don't feel safe enough to come out, there's no like time limit on it. You can always come out whenever you feel safe. And um, also, yeah, do it's okay to maybe not get it right the first time if you think that you might be you know i mean i literally changed the label i put on my sexuality like four times five times um now i just decided no no labels for me you know so so i i don't think that there's a right or wrong answer and i don't think that if if you're bi it's not a phase if you if you're gay but you might be attracted a little bit to another person doesn't invalidate your gayness like you're still gay you know like just don't overthink it be kind to yourself give yourself the space to grow and yeah and don't get too caught up in the labels or the yes that is the perfect advice So Dylan, I just want to say thank you so much for being like a wonderful interviewee. I loved having this little candlelit date with you. Um, I got feel like I got to know you so much more than I even knew. Um, So this is just great. And I thank you for all the answers and all your responses and just being like so in tune with all the questions. I really, really appreciate it. Is there anything that you would like to add before we end this episode that we feel like we should know? Give us a fun fact. Something. Oh. A little something. <laughs> a little something. Um, I think that um, I'm just really grateful to have you as a friend. Have my voice, you know, um, just like even on this podcast or just in general, being able to speak up and live my life as the person that I am um, and not fear for my safety um, I'm grateful for that, and I'll always 
um, try to be there for the people who, who don't have that. So, oh, I love that. I love that so much. Thank you. And thank you. Thank you, Zach, for being like such a great interviewer. Thank you. Um, And really getting me to spill my guts. And this is this is fun. Almost a little therapeutic. Um, Yes. Why why not? You know, talking about everything. We just unpacked so much. Unpacked all the all the Dylans, the childhood Dylan, the like. All, all the Dillas. The here. Dylan timeline is here. You can find your Dylan timeline yes. here on Whisper Podcast, episode seven. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, and thank you so much. I always feel so comfortable talking to you oh, about these thank you. kinds of things because you're so such an open person yourself and you're very um, like kind and I almost feel like you don't judge. So um, I want to say that I appreciate you. I appreciate you too, so. Oh, you're so sweet. I love you. I love this conversation. It was so great. Uh, so Dylan, tell everybody what they can look forward to next week. It's a little bit, it's a little bit um, harder of a topic, oh, if you okay. will. So next week's episode, and you guys are going to love and hate this topic. Yeah. Um, you're going to love it because it's going to be super educational. You're going to hate it because it's awful. But it is Zach's true crime episode on the, wait for it, gay panic defense, guys. It's bad, and it's real, and it happens all the time. So, yeah, stay tuned for that one. Yeah, so, uh, won't be a lighthearted conversation, just be mentally prepared for that, but, um... Before we go, Dylan, obviously we always spotlight a foundation for this episode. So I hope that you have one that is close and near and dear to you and you can recognize (laughs) and and that we can donate to. So the spotlight organization that I picked today was Gender Spectrum Organization. You can read up on their website, genderspectrum.org, and donate there. Yes. Okay. So we'll be sure to list that in the show notes below, but it'll also be on our blog. Uh, Thank you so much, Dylan, again for this interview. I'm sure that everybody is looking forward to seeing your artwork and also seeing a little bit of cute pics in your cosplay and your makeup and everything on our blog. But otherwise, we We are are Whisper Whisper Podcast. Thanks for listening to Whisper Podcast. We're Zach and Dylan, and you can find us at Whisper Podcast on Instagram and on Twitter at Whisper underscore podcast. Visit our website and blog at thewhisperpodcast.com. Interested in chatting with us live? Send us a DM at one of the social sites or reach out at whisperwfpodcast at gmail.com with potential interviewees stated in the subject line. Cover art by Dylan Gomez. Editing by Zach Tyler. Music by audionautics.com. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, and SoundCloud. Love the show? Please rate, review, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcast. We are a completely independent show, and if you'd like to give your support for the show and get a shout-out on air with a special gift, you can find us at WhisperPodcast on Patreon.com. Zach and Dylan are not licensed professionals, nor do we claim to be. Podcast is intended for entertainment purposes only. If you or a loved one are in need of immediate help, we recommend that you contact a licensed professional or a hotline pertaining to your needs, which can be found on our website under the Help Is Here tab.